0: and welcome to another episode of the no cash no code podcast
1: i'm jeff and i'm joined as ever by the commissioner andre thank you producer jeff because that's who you are thank you for (laughs) welcoming me we have got a week on our hands to talk about
0: well what what a week last week was i really enjoyed last week's episode so i'm hoping we can do it again even better
1: Uh, Big shout out to George. Um, He was a great addition to the last episode. I enjoyed filming that one. This one, we got a ton of data to get through, so yeah. On with the pod, huh? On with the pod. I'm going to let you kick
0: things off this week, and why don't we start with the pick of the week for game week
1: 11. Okay, Lundstrom, your turn. No. (laughs) 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 21 points. The defender that's not a defender. I mean, for those who aren't serious fantasy football players, you need to know the term out-of-position OOP that's on all the the boards and um, uh, websites and Twitter. He's an out-of-position beast. We didn't mention this podcast isn't supposed to be about tactics, but when we first had big scores, it was an unknown fact. It was a Steve Suckling, who the hell is in How does everyone know who he is? He's not an undiscovered gem now, so we can talk openly about a defender in the game, playing in the midfield, who thinks he's Frank Lampard, like he's running in the box late, he's scoring goals. 21 points, I believe, is better than Baines at his penalty-taking best. It's better than Alonso at his monkey-rush left-back best. I, I cannot remember a defender doing that before. So, um, obviously, that would be the pick of the week. But no cash, no code rules. Everyone's going. So, <laughs> that, that's not going to get done. Uh, so, pat on the back. Well done, everyone who has him. Uh, but you're not going into the award. Thanks very everyone much. you going to go to a, <laughs> no problem uh, we'll get to that instead of two goes to uh, the next highest scoring defender only owned by two people so congratulations on Ade for the 14 points of a certain Kyle Walker who's been less fashionable around these parts recently, um, he had Munstrom obviously, he also had Walker he had a great defence, only Van der Vaart didn't have Van der Vaart, wow there's a, oh, there's a throwback, throwback. <laughs> Only the potential, probably last year's player of the year, Ballon d'Or, should have been winning defender for Liverpool, um, didn't score for him. Uh, so, yeah, he's a, a vice winner of the um, pick of the week with Walker. But the winner is Giannis, because Giannis went one better. He had Walker, he had Lindstrom, he also had Chilwell and Rico. So, he had a back four that all produced points. So, I'm going to give him the little extra nudge for pick of the week there for his awesome defence. So, Giannis, the resurging Giannis, well done.
0: I love it, and and a green a green arrow for Yanis this week. I'm sure he'll be really pleased about that. He's starting to much
1: needed green arrow.
0: Yeah, very much so. He's um, he's less than a hundred points off the lead, which is an important wow. an important number. Um, if you're me, basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, well, let's see if this is going to be all about you then. So, uh, let me know who won team of the week.
0: Well, that's definitely not me. I can uh, I can reveal that much straight straight out the game. Uh, Spoiler, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Team of the week, a difficult one this week because there are some strong nominees. Obviously, there's a lot of high scoring. Thank you to the scouts. Wonder that is Lundstrom. I'm rapidly.
1: Only a Liverpool fan would claim that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Look,
0: I know he, I know he, he, he grew up in the Everton academy, so you know we can't, we can't claim everything. But he's from, he's from an L postcode, so you know there's a little bit of, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta take that where you can get it. You know, scousers doing their thing. <laughs> So he's a big part of the Team of the Week story, obviously because of the monster score. I looked at a combination. There are there three players who really stood out and they're, they're the obvious names you can expect from, from this week. It's Mane, 31% of the league own him. It's Lundström, another big ownership proportion there, which I'll come on to later. Um, and the Leicester defender, Soyon Chu, 37% of the league own him. But when you combine all three... All three of those players only owned by four managers. So that then whittles down the team of the week for me because a team has to be a team has to be a team. And this consistency, I looked across all four of those teams to find the most consistent spread of points, not just leaning on those three, but spread of points. I.e., what I was trying to do is find a way to not give you the award because you (laughs) had a monster, monster week. Okay. So there is Ali Maxwell.
1: Yeah.
0: He had the, the three-player combination, did really, really well. Um, Steve Suckling, the three-player combination as well, as did my nemesis. But no matter which way I try and slice and dice this, no matter which, what sort of justification <laughs> I come up with, I'm afraid I have to award you Team of the Week for a really strong, and to put this into context, this is only the second time a manager in our league this season has broken 100 points. Game week six, Ade wow. with 101 points. You had a really good game week one with your 99, but since Ade, nobody's broken 101 up until now. So congratulations, Andre Clark. You have team of the week.
1: Thank you. I had no idea uh, on the, the the rarity of the 100. That, that's awesome. Yeah, it, caveat. Like, mm-hmm. 101 this week, but an abysmal week. The week before, so my average is actually not that outstanding, but Thank you. I'll take the win. I'll take the win. Um, okay. So uh, moving on, very swiftly from the the blushing that's going on over here. Let's talk about the other end. Um, <laughs> yes. What didn't work? Let's go with her. It's the same theme. Uh, so there's a lot of points on the bench this week. We've got. Aurier's and Jimenezes for Corky's and Freddie Williams. Uh, we've got uh, a sunshine. Actually, that's Freddie. Freddie had a, sorry, how did you pronounce him? Leicester Defender?
0: Uh, I pronounced him wrong, so it doesn't matter.
1: Okay. So Leicester Defender, whose name we can't pronounce, in a slightly <laughs> racist capacity. Uh, Freddie had the ignominy of uh, having him on the bench. Uh, and the start of It's Gotta Hurt this week is obviously Otamendi jogging on for one minute. Uh, costing lots of people points off their bench, so that's why most of the names uh, that I mentioned earlier aren't aren't uh, getting what they, they they wanted coming off the bench. Two people had the really bad news of Lundstrom being benched. That's Jan Michael McIntosh, uh, and the winner of it's gotta hurt and uh, a favourite on this podcast, Nick Nick. Nick Nick gets it because to not have those 21 points while being while waiting for Otamendi not to come on, that has to be oh. the most painful. Which yeah, i well, like, just decided not to play Lindstrom. Like he's like, like, he had a good defense anyway. Everyone got points for him, so he wasn't really uh, wrong. Whereas poor Nick is the only person to have that one pointer actually stop Lindstrom coming off the bench and playing for him. So yeah, proper proper hurt right there.
0: That, but you just you never want to see that. And otamendi Otome, has been one of those players who's really, really he's helped and hurt. I can I can remember a few, probably about four or five weeks now, where. He's been the key differential between what hurts and what helps teams um, just by his random streak, streaky performances.
1: 100%. I hate him. Uh, I, I, all Cup, to be fair, <laughs> um, but specifically him. I mean, this was a week where Pep Guardiola screwed everybody. I mean, we've gone through two of the awards and we haven't talked about the obvious, which is uh, the Man City performance, mm-hmm. the lack of performance in terms of the goal fest we're expecting. We've had some gaudy scores, but none of them have come from the games that everyone thought they really come from. I mean, I'll, I'll get into that again a little bit later, but yeah, Um the. Uh, survival of, of having team depth versus Man City this week was, was the key to getting good scores. But anyway, That's we'll it. touch back on that later.
0: Well, we're talking a little bit about team depth and some of the ways. So for me, thinking about last week's episode um, and George dropping the bombshell of a career without a four-point hit. And I went back and I looked into it, the data a bit to see, actually, for this season, who else has not taken the four-point hit? Um, oh, really? Yeah, so you'll be surprised, or maybe you won't be surprised to know, that we're now in, we've had 11 game weeks, and 12 mm-hmm. managers have not taken a four-point hit.
1: Wow, now, that does surprise me.
0: 12 managers are keeping their powder dry. They're They're staying disciplined, whether it's by some sort of grand master plan or just by accident, they seem to have avoided this four-point hit. I say grand master plan or by accident because when you then look into who those managers are and where they sit in the league, it starts to tell a very mixed story. I don't know if there's a correlation here, but let me talk you through the top three by position who have not taken a four-point hit. You've got Nevin, he's currently sitting fifth, Will Brox, ninth, and Freddie, 10th in the league. They have not taken a four-point hit. At the other end of that group of 12 managers, you've got Will, who sits 21st in the league, Jason, 29th, and yours truly um, below that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> no four-point um,
0: Ade, Ali Maxwell, Damian, George Johnson, Jan, Kinder, all still also without a four-point hit. it across the league. No consistency there whatsoever. No correlation. The top four in the league currently standing have all used four-point hits. So maybe I'm doing it all wrong.
1: Interesting, well, maybe, but Nevin's been there or thereabouts all season. Like, obviously, this has been a, a comparatively like good but not great week for him, so he's dropped out of the top three uh, for the first time in a while. But for him to, I mean, he's got like the cleanest team in the league. Yeah, we, we noticed this the other day, but he's got no yellow cards, yeah. he's got no four point hits. He just got a very bunch of nice guys <laughs> out there sticking with inside the rules and trying to get the job done. That's that's it, really intriguing on the four point hits. Well, I think that's fantastic, fantastic interview with George hits. last week. Oh, yeah. I thought it was only right to invite another founding member of the No Cash, No Code League, one of the uh, stalwarts and one of the people I always look for early on for the scores. I'm very happy to say, welcome to the No Cash, No Code podcast, Tom Maxwell. Tom, how are you?
2: Good morning, boys. I'm very well and extremely honoured to be be on uh, the pod. It's a pleasure Uh, to have you here, Tom. Thank you.
1: Not going to lie, when the pod was was designed, uh, when it was initially suggested, getting you on was always going to be uh, a primary primary need for the podcast, so I'm very glad to have you.
2: I have no idea why that is, but um, I'm very grateful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Well, most people should know you, but there are a few newbies. Uh, There are some guys who haven't been here since the very beginning, so... Would you like to tell everyone who you are, how we know you and why
2: you're in the league? So uh, my name is Tom Maxwell um, you will find me down the bottom end of the current table. Um, I uh, worked with Andre and Jeff in the, uh, in the early years back in 2010, 2011 um, and uh, was part of the original email chain that actually brought about no cash, no code, uh, I think in 2012 before that season, um, and have been an ever present since, uh, moving up and down the table, um, with, with regularity depending on which year (laughs) we're talking about. (laughs) No harm in that
0: whatsoever. I'm, uh, I'm currently trying to recover some of my past glory years of 2015, 16. So, uh, I feel your pain on that one, but it's good to have you.
2: Thank you, Jeff. I I must admit, I was pleased when I had a look at the table this morning. (laughs) I I know exactly where Andre is, and I was looking for you to hope that there might be some solace on the table.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Keep going down. Keep the it's really painful, actually, when you have a good week and everyone has a
2: better week and you think, ah, what was the point of all of that? But that's Quite. a whole other story. Quite, I, and I'm particularly literally... this week, particularly this week when I had my first green arrow in absolutely ages and then look up, uh, look up the scores for the week to find Andre at 100 plus and my little brother also dwarfing my score of 60 odd. So um, it, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast on a week where we, we don't have to talk about Andre and presumably his team of the week. Yeah yeah enough talk.
0: (laughs) enough talk about all of that quite right um i want to know a little bit more about um so you you talked you're you're a founding member obviously um and a, a token house stalwart um looking back over the years what has been one of your favorite fantasy
2: stories so uh, I, you're right, I was, I was part of the founding team um, in, in advance of the podcast. Um, I probably did more preparation for this podcast than I've ever done for a week of fantasy football. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I was looking back through my, <clears throat> through my emails and found um, an email chain in 2012 that included myself, Andre, Will Brocks and George Johnson. Um, in which we were discussing whether we could start uh, a league where people had to pay us money to beat them. And um, <laughs> I think Andre, Andre, had, <laughs> Andre had originally had a league called the Titans, I believe it was called, um, which wow. was a free, a free nice. league for a load of his mates uh, that he then invited a load of the Webber Chase boys to be involved in. Um, and uh, it was always a very competitive league. Um, I think the four of us felt that we had a decent chance of 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 winning some money, and so Andre put forward the idea that there would be a splinter league formed. Um, we talked about how we could persuade people to to pay and play, and Andre came up with this great phrase in one in one sentence on an email: "No cash, no code." Um, and my, my, my <laughs> response to that email was, can we please call the league that, that is superb Andre Clark. Um, and, uh, and, and that was how it was born. That was August, August, 2012. Um, and obviously we've, we've all been, um, around the world since, and, and obviously don't work together anymore, but it, it feels like that's been the thread that has kept us all together, which has been rather nice. Um. To come back to your question, though, Jeff, in terms of my best fantasy football moment, uh, I I certainly can come up with more lowlights than highlights. But uh, the the one that definitely sticks out was um, in the 2015 season, which was comfortably my best year. um, There was a week, uh, a weekend when uh, it was actually my stag do. And I was um, out in Paris with uh, about 20 mates doing various different bits and pieces. And we were all keeping an eye on the scores on the Saturday. Um, I'm sure this will be etched in, in most fantasy football players' memories because it was the weekend that Cunaguero scored five goals for Manchester yes. City in the, in the space of about 20 minutes. Um, and <clears throat> we'll get on, I'm sure, to, to some of my lack of tactical mouse around fantasy football. But I unlike anyone else in the league, had decided that Kun Aguero wasn't going to be my captain this week. Uh, he was my <laughs> vice-captain. <clears throat> and uh, I had been riding the Leicester bandwagon all season, which is what had, had, had sort of pushed me up to the giddy heights of the league where I'd never really been before, and decided that Riyad Mah- Mahrez would do better than Kun um, Anyway... Kun then scored his five goals. Everyone on my stag do had him as captain. Uh, I was watching Riyad Mahrez sit on the bench for Leicester, um, who were winning away at Norwich, desperate for him to stay exactly where he was so that the 50-point haul that Aguero was putting together would would be added. And, um, uh, suffice it to say, Mahrez did stay on the bench. Uh, Aguero got all the points for me. Um, and it was agreed that I, I deserved that one bit of luck on, on the day of my stag do.
1: That is a fantastic story. Uh, and thank you for the uh, the intro to No Cash, No Toes again. I'm not going to lie. I got a bit emotional during that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, a lot
2: of emotion there.
1: I stunned you still have those emails. That's brilliant. Uh, it, it's, it, it has been this really good thread for me as well in terms of keeping everyone in contact with each other. And uh, again, I've said it before, but thanks to Jeff, for this new audio version because that's made this communication even better still so awesome thank, thank you so much um i the, the reason we picked you this week was actually fairly spontaneous um we always wanted to have you on george had gave a break a great interview last week and he stunned us he shocked the world with his i've never taken a minus four chat um We both, as soon as the phone put down, like, well, we know a man who does take a minus four every now and then, and he's also (laughs) a founding member like George's. So to to give a rebuttal, I guess, to George, what are your thoughts on a minus four?
2: Well, I think it would be fair to say that given the fact that neither George or I have ever won No Cash, No Code, I think... um, it probably goes to show that there is no right way to play fantasy football, but there are plenty of wrong ways to play it. Um, so I think, uh, I mean, you both know me fairly well. I, I certainly am one of the most frivolous users of the points hit. Um, and I think it's, it's probably the major reason that I've never been that competitive in the league, certainly since that, that, that 15, 16 season. And, and I think there's probably a couple of reasons for that. The first is that I I spend pretty much every week imagining getting 100 points and (laughs) trying to work out how every week I am able to get to that golden marker. And that generally tends to mean that I'm shooting for the stars on a fairly weekly basis and trying to come up with creative ways of beating the average um, and, and beating the rest of the league. So that, that certainly is the starting point. I think the, the second thing and the reason why it certainly got worse over the years is, you know, back in the day, I certainly working with Andre, we used to spend most of our days looking at fantasy football and discussing what to do. I think as 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 uh, things have changed, shall we say, from a, from a family perspective, from a work perspective, and I don't have Andre sitting next to me telling me that I, I should be focusing on fantasy football rather than work. <laughs> um, uh, the, the amount of time I've taken probably over, over these things has, has dwindled. Um, and nowadays, and, and I heard Bob say something quite similar the other day, I'll, I'll probably check on a Monday morning and put my team in place for the following week and then leave it until Friday night which is when I'll then take another look at it, probably around sort of eleven, eleven thirty PM, just as I'm drifting off to sleep. Um, and that is not the right time to start tinkering with your team, particularly if you've had a couple of beers, um, <laughs> you go. particularly if, if 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 stress levels are fairly high from a screaming child downstairs. <laughs> And that's where you know what 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 had started out as the week as a team that I quite liked and that I was just going to leave and roll over my substitutions. Suddenly, you find yourself taking an eight point hit um, and bringing in a player who probably isn't ever going to actually start for their club. And we can get on to some of those in a second. Um, but yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a cross that I bear, and I'm I'm fully aware when I look back at my historic transfer record how embarrassing it is, frankly. Hey, well. <laughs>
0: I, you know, I find so much comfort in that because the late, the late, and I'll go even later sometimes, it's Saturday, 11, 20, 11, 15, I'm looking at this team that I promised myself I wouldn't touch and all of a sudden I've, I've read too many reports, I've spent too long on Twitter and I'm thinking, you know what? I need to make some changes, sweeping changes. I don't like any of these players. I don't like their faces. I don't like their attitude. I don't like what they bring into to my scores. I need to change them all. And next thing you know, I'm an eight-point hit. And, uh, and it's, all, it's all gone terribly. And I look back at what could have been, and that's where the real pain is. So this year, I'm trying my best, because, partly because of this podcast, to be a little bit more disciplined on that front.
1: I was in on Mount Smug this week, so I'm not going to have anything to the conversation at all for fear of rage and and some kind of personal attack against
0: me. But yeah, as you're saying. You you enjoy that for this week. I suspect it's a, a, I hope it's a flash in the pan. You were hinting at some players maybe that you are, have been a bit of a reach. Are there any players out there that you absolutely will never sign just for no particular reason?
2: So the honest answer is I've probably had every fantasy football player in my team at some stage (laughs) over the last couple of years. Um, The one one player who I do have a bit of an issue with, and and I love him as a footballer, but from a fantasy perspective can can never bring myself to bring him in, it's Firmino. Um, Mm. There is something about, uh, and obviously the first year he came in, he was pretty cheap, actually. Um, and may have even been a midfielder, was he, I think, in his first season? Yeah. he um, yes, yes. And so, you know, that was that was a great bandwagon to jump on. I think many people did well on that. The moment he went up to playing as a striker and and hitting up towards the the sort of 10 million mark, um, for a guy who spends so little time in the pre- penalty area and is more of a sort of between midfield and attack player who, who feeds uh, Mane and Salah, who are two players that I certainly have had in my team, um, although I always captain the wrong one on a weekly basis. Um, he he is a guy that I, I just have, have never got my head around. Um, I, I also, I know this has been something that's been mentioned in the pod a few times, whether you pick players from your own team or not. Um, mm. As you both yes. know, I'm quite a big Chelsea fan. Uh, and I think I, I've always had a bit of an issue with having Chelsea players in my side. It, it probably started when I was going to, to Samba Bridge every other weekend. Um, And the idea of having to watch live a player that you have in your team consistently miss chances or just never touch the ball. Um, I think that's probably where it started. I I now go a lot less, but I've still sort of kept that up. I do have Tammy in my team now um, just because I I, I don't I don't think you've got much chance of winning fantasy football this year if you don't have the second top scorer in the league at, uh, at the price that he is. But um, certainly there have been years when Chelsea have won the league and I've gone without Lampard, without Drogba, without Terry. uh, And that certainly has has had a pretty big effect. Um, But on the flip side, Chelsea won the league. That is true, and that's sort of the point, I suppose. Um, you know, uh, every, every year fire that I have to hand my cash, over, my cash over to Andre, <laughs> I sort of look back thinking, well, it's fine, because last year I, I paid a bit of money for Chelsea to win the league, so that's absolutely fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm banking everything, you on. On that. <laughs> <laughs> um, everything on you, that. You, you really do have a boom-bust approach. I, I, I've mentioned this before, but you are easily one of the top Two or three most knowledgeable people on football who watch the mo- or used to at least back in the day watch the most games. How do you go from being game week seven this year? You were the six millionth best manager mm-hmm. in the world. Proud of that, and yet yeah. you've had weeks. <laughs> you've had weeks where you're the top 2,000 in the world, uh, historically, you, you've finished top five in No Cash No Code, What's, I think your best place is top, top two, you know, top three. Yeah,
2: I came, I came second in, in, in fifteen sixteen, uh, and I think I was 7,000th in the world overall, but still 19 points behind, um, a certain man who who I'm sure we'll get on to later, who I brought into this league and 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 have regretted ever since um in, in <laughs> this, in, in Freddie williams but yeah no andre to answer your question i think I think to be honest it's fancy football brings out all of the worst traits of my personality uh, a, a massive overconfidence in in my own knowledge of of frankly football or anything um which constantly gets gets proven to be uh, to be false and gambling. Another thing that I'm very fond of, which which can play very neatly into fantasy football, um, and as as an aside, so things have gone so badly this season, particularly with my captain choices. That um, every Saturday morning I sit down and put a bet on the people that I've taken out of my team scoring a goal. Uh, and it, it, it has it's um, it's it funded my my year of fantasy football this year, um, uh, and that that really just sort of wraps up and encapsulates um, how I feel about fantasy football. That that it 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 is the most wonderful game, but also. As you say, I do watch a lot of football. I, I follow the three o'clock pretty pretty religiously, as I'm sure many people do. And and it is just that morbid feeling of waiting for the guy that you've just taken out of your team to score. Um, and then as soon as it does, the the deflation afterwards really really is very real. But if you've got a few quid on it, then it really does help. I love that. I love everything about that. It's
0: like taking, you've, ta- you've taken the hedge to another level. I. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, I'm absolutely getting on that this, this weekend, that it's going to save me so much grief, you don't understand the number of transfers I've made this this year, and then to watch, uh, it it's, it doesn't even, it's not worth getting into because it's just too painful to relive, but the number, the number of times I've sat, the sat, Saturday afternoon and watched people I've just kicked out of my side for their poor scoring and poor attitudes and the way they look at me sideways when they're in the changing room. <laughs> and
2: only to find that they've got this sudden new lease of life. They can't stop scoring and they can't stop getting bonus points. well um, it, it happens every time though, and and I think it, it, again it, it's one of the the reasons why often I will go through patches of, of doing really really badly and then go through patches of doing quite well. Is I, I'm 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 often looking for the the next you know Jamie Vardy or Riyad Mahrez when he was at Leicester. Um, And as Andres mentioned in the uh, in the pod a couple of times this season already this year, uh, my vice is is Mr. Martinelli at Arsenal. Um, And, you know, he's a guy who there was there was little fanfare about when he first joined because of some of the other transfers Arsenal had made. But, um, you know, a couple of shrewd judges had said that this, this kid was going to be very good. Obviously saw him play, play in some of the preseason games. He was such a cheap option. A lot of people were going with Greenwood. Um, so I, I stuck him on my bench to to start with, not expecting very much. Um, took him out a few weeks later in order to bring, bring in a, a, a striker who I could start. And then two weeks later, he scored a couple of goals in the UEFA Cup. So he had to come straight back into the squad um, just in case. Uh, he, scored, he comes off the bench for Arsenal and scores a couple of goals, like in my mindset if I miss his first goal in the Premier League for Arsenal and he's not in my team, um, that will hurt me more than coming bottom half of no cash, no code so Martinelli has now been transferred into my team three times this season uh, <laughs> And he he still has not played more than a half of football in the Premier League. And I mean if you if you ever wanted a podcast for how not to play fantasy football, I think this is probably it.
1: I did notice you actually gave him the run out this week. You gave him his full one point performance. I, I think I'm,
2: I'm, I'm committed now, Andre. I'm fully committed to the Martinelli bandwagon and I'm just waiting for a Bamiang or Lacazette to, to get an injury after five minutes so that he can come on for a full 85. And, you know, I, I know you both are playing at some ridiculous time this afternoon in the UEFA Cup. I have absolutely no doubt he will bang in another hat trick. And, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it will just confirm in my mind that he should be starting every week. That's <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs>
1: all right you, you touched on freddie um one of the other reasons I, I wanted to get you on here was to to help the league i guess get to know who's who so um i'm going to go through all the token houses um and, and the founding
2: fathers but who else have you introduced to in the league so far so um i think this is a real double-edged sword i was uh, i was i was thinking about the the folks of uh, the the non-token house yard people who who I brought into the league. Um and I and I would like to apologize to everyone for the decision that I made um six years ago to to invite Freddie Williams. Um I think it's made us all poorer um and certainly <laughs> has has stretched my ability to be a friend of his. Um, we play a lot of golf together. Uh, it's it's really tough um, to have any conversation with him about FPL. He is a man who <laughs> who is very analytical. He he devours content. He's got very clever spreadsheets. Um, and frankly, you know, if you if you go through his his end positions in in every league over the last ten years, it was just a mistake to bring him in in the first place. And now I can't get rid of him. So um, apologies for that. But on the flip side, in Tom Everett. Um, my brother Ali Maxwell and Jason, the IT man, Kasler. Um, you know, I, I feel, I feel that that has sort of replenished the coffers, if nothing else. Um, and so, I suppose you give it with one hand and take it away with the other. That, that, that. that those are the four that I brought. In.
1: Two, two side notes for, for the uh, danger of the inside joke here. Jason Kazler is not the IT guy that was working he is not. with us at he is not. No, uh, and Fre- Freddie Williams arrived in the league like Chelsea with new money. It was <clears> this <throat> random name appeared. He did okay, like first year. It was it was he, he clearly knew what he was doing, but he wasn't really a challenger. Um, uh, I, I remember he won the league that year. Then the next couple of years, he didn't just win. He, he ruined the season by christmas it was over he dominated for long long stretches of time he's still probably the second or third name i look up every week uh, re- regardless of who's currently leading the table or where it is. is he he's been an absolute beamer of no cash no code royalty so i mean it's you. it's Absolutely. it's
2: pretty it's pretty remarkable the guy the guy's been outside the top 100k once in the 13 years that he's played fantasy football um, and has three top ten thousand finishes in the last five years, including the the, the year that he uh, came in the top two thousand. Um, I mean, it is it's remarkably consistent, but it really does uh, you know reflect a guy who doesn't get out much. Um, he, uh, <laughs> who has a job where you know he 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 sits in front of a spreadsheet all day, and so the fact that it's got fantasy football on it means that his bosses aren't really sure whether he's working or doing fantasy football. Um, so you know, I mean, all credit to him, but uh, it, it it certainly does make make being made very tough. I, I'm
0: Wonderful. so in, I'm so intrigued by this this spreadsheet idea. This is opening up a whole new level. So, you mean I need to do more than simply read the scout picks on my fancy football app <laughs> before I make any changes? Or this I mean, is... I'm going to have to jump in
1: here. I'm going to have to jump in here. Jeff, you are a stats guru, but yours yeah. are like after the event like the, the <laughs> data you provide for me for these phone calls are unbelievable if you could just project that i i think you could be slightly higher up the table overall but anyway it's not about you it's about tom so this is um, true.
0: i want i did want to know though however just taking taking that uh that topic a little bit further and t- pointing it back at tom is there a stat amongst all the stats is there something that you really look for when you're making a transfer decision, if any.
2: I would love to say that there is that much thought that goes into it. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, that there are some there are some clever numbers that you can that you can come across, particularly on Twitter these days. People will put the XG ratings up for each player. Um, my my little brother is is certainly a big one on the on the on the statistics and the analytics that are that are starting to come more and more into the game. Um I I do I do pay some attention to them, but by the time I get round Friday night and I'm making my changes, if I'm if I'm brutally honest, it's a mixture of the eye test and and frankly what their fixtures are. Um and I suppose where, where where the spreadsheet may come in handy is is because you're picking players who have got particular fixtures coming up over a sort of medium to long term period. Um, whereas my view is frankly they're probably going to be out of my team in two to three weeks time anyway and so I'm just looking for you know who's playing against Newcastle Norwich in the next two weeks aim for 100 points and then ship them straight out again um, I think when <laughs> I, I think that. also and yeah, Jeff I'm sure you will appreciate this more more than maybe Andre but particularly when you're not doing well um, yeah. uh, the the sort of the thought process that goes into it changes quite quickly you know whenever i have been in the upper echelons on the on the couple of occasions that's happened um i i do tend to be a lot calmer and i'm i'm happier and i don't feel the need to try and um score the 100 points every week uh but but when you're languishing at the bottom frankly what you're trying to do is win manager of the month which you know thankfully i have managed to do a few times through this method of, or this this method of madness, just basically bringing in <laughs> people for very very short periods of time.
0: Hey, I'm I'm all for it. I think that that is the only solace of being at the, towards the bottom of the league is I can just shoot from the hip and you know what? What's the worst that could happen? exactly
1: that's it's one of the reasons we we had that idea in the first place when we were designing no cash no code it was to make sure it's still interesting no matter where you're on the league you know we took it one step further by bringing in the cup which you guys going to both had fantastic cup runs in fact jeff's even won it once um tom it's been great
2: having you on here is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we wrap this up so i i, I just just going back to the sort of early early stages of no cash no code another email that I came across, was the, it was the first email that you ever sent out um, to the group. Wow. Uh, so I need to see this. 23rd of, of August, 2012. It just says, um, end of week one, thank you for all your emails and texts. I'm aware that I had a stinker, and you all made that very clear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Te- Team of the week was won by Stephen Hill, uh, and uh, that's got oh a higher award still going strong to this day is is Luke Danes um (laughs) uh, and and so that was that was the first one and then a week later and this is my favorite bit I think you know you weren't quite sure how that first one was going to land and whether anyone actually really wants to hear from you on a weekly basis but clearly you you'd had enough messages because you say as a few people replied last week I thought I'd send another note and the second email is a lot longer um, and really starts going into some more detail. And so the idea that, you know, seven, seven and a half years on, we're now sitting here doing this as a podcast rather than the hours that, that you, me, Jeff, others spent writing up different bits on an email over the over the years um, shows how far the league has come and frankly is is all down to. Uh, the, the work and perseverance that you put in uh, in those early stages to sort of keep people interested and make the league when we're all involved in lots of different leagues make the league the one that certainly I still look at first regardless of where I'm coming um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been enormous fun for, for a long period of time and I hope it continues
1: amazing i i'm like, literally ear to ear now and i really want to see these archived ancient <laughs> emails <laughs> but I love you can see nothing's changed over that time stephen hill and luke both still competing for those two awards <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> mate it's been an absolute pleasure jeff is there anything else you wanted to say
0: just thank you tom thank you for being the curator the Thank you for looking after the the history of in the league it's this is this is shedding lights into those dark dusty corners of no cash no code and providing me a bit of solace to know that there's other people out there with my my philosophy on team management and transfer strategies you
1: know,
2: <laughs> We've got to stick That's together, Jeff.
1: Thank you so much for the trip down memory lane. Thanks for being there at the beginning because you were an integral part of why this actually happened and those, those wonderful years of us um, discussing football for hours and hours on end and your uh, latter contributions of bringing in some of the real stars of the league um, and guys who actually interact and everything else. So, yeah, thanks a lot, mate. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to following you. Uh, the cup run begins pretty soon. So
2: if nothing else, I expect to see you going all, all guns blazing for that. Look forward to it, boys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. See you soon.
1: Well, that was really insightful <laughs> having Tom on there. Uh, learned a lot about the history of us, which is great. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, going back to it, it really was, really was. Going back to where we are right now, then. um, So Tom has some unique methods of uh, managing his team. What are the other trends we're seeing right now? How are we doing in terms of values and moves?
0: I've been keeping a close eye on values, as you know, and the gap is widening. We're up to 4.9 million. And this, for me, is the most interesting part of what's happening in the league this year. 4.9 million between the most valuable and least valuable teams in the league. So currently, as things stand, Kinder is sitting on a team worth valued at the last transfer deadline so these these numbers are correct as of the last transfer deadline um 99.2 million pounds his team is valued at wow that's kinder's team on the flip side of that steve suckling and nick mick 104.1 million that is a gap that's going to make a massive difference
1: that's interesting, because you, you mentioned the size of the gap, and my instant thoughts, because well, I haven't looked into that data, I was, I'm so I was surprised that everyone else is listening, I just made the natural assumption that the people whose teams are worth the most would be top of the table already, and the people whose teams are worth the least would be the bottom. But the spread between those guys is actually pretty close. So it's more of a run down the stretch, I guess, we're going to see from having – that additional value to play with, but they haven't been looking at Kinder. He's been he's currently 18th in the league, he's had a couple of bad weeks in a row to put him down there, but he's been top 10 most of the uh, of the year. So, I, I guess the transaction trends haven't matched his own thoughts on managing his team.
0: Yeah, Kinder's a really interesting one for me because when you look at the some of the stats that sit behind his team, so for example, his team's he's uh he scored 28 goals. Um, To put that into context, the worst is 22. The best currently, I think the best scoring team in the league is Noel Marshall. Has been for a while now, 37 goals. Gives the crowd what they came to see. Kinder sits (laughs) on 20 assists. Um, Also not very good, but not the worst by any stretch. The best in the league is 27 assists, which belongs to my nemesis. And then looking at bonus points, for example, Kinder sits slap bang in the middle of the league on bonus points. 55 so far for the year. Worst being forty-one, best being sixty-five, and the owner of sixty-five is again my nemesis. Oh, interesting. Uh, let's talk about that then. Uh,
1: but yeah, I think that's funny because you'd imagine with the lower, the lowest value, I would have thought he'd be lowest on those rather than slap bang in the middle, and yeah. he's pretty much middle of the table right now. So ah, intriguing. But we'll see how that that pans out down the stretch.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I think we'll, I think one of the things that will become where this will become a real game changer is during the next wildcard window.
1: Yeah. I wish we we're not that far away from now as we're getting towards the end of, the, of this year. I think a lot of skill goes into managing a team and getting your value up, but sometimes we overcommit to the transferring early and trying to capture the rise. And obviously, Kinder's just not taking that approach. We'll see. He's always a contender. <laughs> I think last year was his first year without a prize ever. Uh, He is the all-time most winning manager of the month. So um, I'm not doubting him. But yeah, we're definitely going to keep an eye (laughs) on what he's doing with his team right now. Uh, Maybe he's just just not being very lucky. Uh, Segway. So, (laughs) (laughs) Why is that, Andre? (laughs) Well, I've been looking at people who are better to be lucky than good. Uh, It's a a title, a prize we used to give out a lot. And it's not always interesting, so I haven't mentioned it. But this week. With the uh, Lundström potential apocalypse of him not coming off the bench, uh, it was one that sprung up on the data. So, people who need a mention for being better lucky than good. Jason Kasler, somehow, non-IT Jason, that. <laughs> Jason Kasler, <laughs> 19, 19 points off his bench. Wow. Uh, that is the biggest I've seen. Four players, uh, sorry, three players came off. Three plays came on and produced actually more than almost the rest of his team overall. So uh, that was um, wow. <laughs> uh, an impressive turnaround for a team that wasn't doing particularly well. I mean, it's not going well for Jason, so it's good to have some luck. Uh, 55 points, he's down to 29th. 55 when so many came off the bench, no, not great. Then there is the luckiest of the lucky. A certain person had Lindstrom as his first sub. You might know them. Sensible. He had Mahrez in his team again, um, and he had Otamendi. Ottomendi comes on, one pointer that should have been in the uh, that's really unlucky camp or that's gotta hurt. Uh, but luckily for this manager, Mares didn't come on, so you, Jeff, <laughs> lucked out with Lindstrom coming off your bench. You scored fifty nine for the region, and twenty one were off the bench by accident with Lindstrom. Um, so, yeah, pretty lucky. Pretty lucky. I've also will, been sorry.
0: I was going to say I will admit the the Mares thing is the Mares thing is was my strategy to to gain some ground on the the opposition. It felt like this was going to be his time, maybe a month in the side so that the others could rest before the Christmas break. But you know what? Pep just doesn't like his face. I can't work out what's going on there.
1: (laughs) I say that now. He's going to have a
0: day of his life this weekend.
1: That's that's just working out, Pep. That's what Pep does. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so... That was lucky, but to be fair to you, you have been really unlucky this week. Um, You had Sun get a red card, which obviously you can't be expecting to happen. Uh, That's since been rescinded, but the points aren't coming back to you. Uh, And as I said, you had the the Otamendi one point. There was one other team that also had Otamendi one point, had Sun get a red card. Um, So that's a one-point cameo. This other team also had a captain fail, and a captain fail normally would qualify you for uh, that's got to hurt. This was a spectacular captain fail. It was a triple captain fail. So, uh, like you, yeah, exactly. Um, The only other team to have son. He also had two clean sheets he kept on his bench. He triple Captain Sterling, but he didn't get the Hurt Award because top of the table, Jeff, scored a massive... This this nickname's not going
0: to stick, by the way.
1: You're not going to force this on he me. He's third. He's third. That makes him top of the table, Jeff. <laughs> He's got, had all of those things go against him. Red card, one-point cameo, triple captain fail, just three points off his captain, and still puts up the second-highest score of the week. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, this guy, for, for, for those who don't know him, uh, I think I'm the only... Yeah, I am. Me and one other are the only connections him in the league. This is his first year ever playing fantasy football. We cannot let him win, people. We cannot let him win, I just right. out there right. hey. don't root for or against anybody, but for a rookie to come into No Cash No Code and nip the title, at, I mean, I'm not talking first time in No Cash No Code, it's his first time logging into fantasy football. The rules had to be explained to him at the start of the year, so this is getting serious. Is. But anyway, moving on from the tale of two Jets, yeah. uh, what else have you seen, <laughs> what other trends are out there?
0: You won't be surprised to know that we have a new leader at the top of the ownership stats. And I will give you one guess, one guess only, to our favourite newscaster, sitting at 81% of managers owning this guy.
1: If you don't have Lundström, are being negative at this point. <laughs>
0: well, this is it, right? Lundström hits the top. Now, 81%, for those who've been keeping track on this corner of the podcast, is the highest percentage any single player has ever had in our league. So the previous highest was Abraham in game week nine, when he had owned by 75% of the league. Lundström, Abraham and Mount are now the top three owned players in the league.
1: Any other observations? Yes,
0: there's one. There's one last thing I just wanted to call out, which was so we've had two weeks um, just prior where nobody's used the chip.
1: Uh, (gasps) I've got the same one written down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've mentioned the triple captain, which, uh, which, you know, cut it however you want to cut it. 89 points is a strong week. It is a strong week. So yes, maybe, you know, would you have taken 89 playing a chip? I know I would have done. So, you know, yes, the triple captain didn't quite work out, um, but it's still 89 points. So you you can't really be too, too mad at that and sitting third in the league. Is third in the league. Yeah. i am gonna they call it. They don't call him luck. Top
1: and Table Jeff for no reason. They don't call, they don't that. call him Top and Table Jeff. Flash
0: Flash in the Pan. I'll, I'll stretch to Flash in the Pan. <laughs> beginner's luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> could come back when you're ten seasons in. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and second guessing every single move you have after the event. <laughs> making all the right calls in oh, hindsight. Yeah. Um, the other one, the other chip that was played, the free hits.
1: Yep. Yeah. It was by, this is going to surprise you, that this the only other person that's on the tree of the overly mentioned in this podcast, Top of Table Jeff. Aaron Mack is uh, the only person that he's introduced <laughs> to our group. So there's obviously some kind of chip using cahoots going on right now <laughs> in a, in a separate, separate conversation on WhatsApp.
2: <laughs> but how did it go?
1: Well, I love what he did. So um, Colin Dash is the only other free hit we've seen where he did... Ah, yes. Um, he went to wildcard, the exact same team, shout out Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, still on his bench. Uh, <laughs> in his bench, uh, in his all west Ham, Arsenal right-back team. Uh, so yeah, this is the second free hit, and I know yes. what Aaron did. Aaron is at the bottom, and Aaron's decided it's time to make a move. So he's he was sitting in 30th at the start of the week, he's looked at the schedule. And he's done what I guess a free hit is supposed to be used for, especially if you're a rookie like he is and you're not looking forward for double game weeks or any of the other stuff that the, the veterans are used to. So he's up the schedule and he's gone. Man City versus Southampton. I want a big slice of that. So he took three of their players. He's got Silver, KDB, Sterling. Is it that Chelsea versus Watford? Two of those. Thank you very much. He's taken two from Leicester versus Palace. Um, but then he's done something that the reason I wrote his name down. He's not just going with Lundstrom. That's not enough for him. No, 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 no. He's only two Stoke defenders. Stoke? I didn't know Stoke had any other Stoke <laughs> <laughs> case <laughs> <laughs> they play like stone, Sheffield United another, another team Arsenal Have a great history with uh, And it's grim On a Monday Tuesday We don't get the results Sorry I put them in the same basket um, They're very cool right? okay, Anyway Sorry Yes you're right Sheffield United actually have It's PTSD From the wet, red and white stripes <laughs> Yeah fast um, morning To match the day No my teams Really lost. Anyways Yeah so Two stone defenders I mean He's done it right He's done really well there um he's, he's picked a team that if he hadn't been let down by the over reliance on man city they'd have been right up there. 79 with um points from absolutely everybody in his team that doesn't play for man city that was a little bit unfortunate for him. he deserved a bit better there but yeah good to see he's still swinging even though he's currently sitting way down on the table in 30th so he's a non-mover despite the uh the the, the free hit um non-mover although the names below him have changed so we've got Adam Park in last place and then uh anyway I anyway, guess we should move it, on it, yeah it doesn't
0: matter let's, let's, let's not focus on that <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: the the final thing I just wanted to call out was um the captain because you've just touched upon the pep uh, situation and every week I think this is going to change every week I think selling the reliance on man city but i guess it's more of a hedge than an investment at this point because you don't want to be the only person without him sterling has shot up the captaincy rankings okay so we've never had a week where we've had this many managers captain a
1: player 19 managers captain sterling last week 19 wow so you can for a one point captain that is painful which does show how good the week was because the scores are really high across the league. So for 19 of our managers to get one point, well, times two, that's uh, it's pretty shocking.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's been it was really surprising because every every single week, like I said, I'm expecting okay, we're going to see a a captain from left field. Imagine if somebody uh-huh. had captain Lundstrom.
1: I mean, he's got to be a contender now for the most uh-huh. likely of. Of uh, random was a differential captain. Uh, it, 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 he is going to be fantasy player of the year, like guaranteed.
0: I've just remembered who that defender was. You're talking about at the beginning of the pod, El Mahammedi. Was it El
1: Mahammedi? The, the, the massive
0: point hole. The massive week in week out. I think he was at Sunderland. Yes. Maybe Hull
1: got moved to midfield, but was list, uh, listed as a defender and was yeah. playing right wing and banging in. Yes, well-remembered you. Well just, remembered literally the literally data's
0: just... in there. The data's in there. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, I, I, it's in the back of my head somewhere. Anyway, any other business from you before we wrap
1: this up? No, that was a bumper one. Uh, shout out to Tom Maxwell thanks yes. for that that was uh, fantastic A lovely trip down memory lane really appreciated it looking forward to um, introducing more and more of you guys to each other as we have some more managers interviewed over the coming weeks A pleasure as always yeah, catch you soon bye bye